There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you, Brother McVeigh. It's very good to be back on the podcast today. We're going to be examining a word today. And that word is prevent. It's used 17 times in your King James Bible. And the primary definition of it uh, that was used in 1611, uh, that this would be the definition that the uh, King James translators would have had in mind as they translated it, is, is slightly different uh, than what we commonly use the word prevent today as. Uh, as, as we would use it in our, our common tongue today, we would use it to say that we're hindering something, we're stopping something from happening. When you prevent an event from happening, you're stopping it from happening. Uh, however, we're going to examine uh, the King James Bible today and see what it says about this word prevent. Um, I've used the Oxford English Dictionary uh, to help define this for us uh, to get a, an idea, again, of, of how those King James translators would have been using this word uh, during that time period. And uh, I believe it'll, it'll be a help to us. It'll be a blessing to us. Uh, basically, what we're going to be looking at today is that this word prevent means to anticipate or to act in advance. There's several sub-definitions uh, that are used in this, in this word. Uh, it can mean to, to go before with guidance or blessing or help, uh, to anticipate or meet beforehand a, a desire or a question. Um, to appear in front of, to, you know, to, to be able to be able to see it in front of you, to meet or receive with help, uh, or even to meet and receive with hostility uh, in a time of war. And so we're going to look at a few of these things today. Uh, we're going to start right in 2 Samuel chapter 22. Now this is uh, the psalm that is quoted uh, in it's Psalm 18. And so we'll look at 2 Samuel 22 uh, and we'll mention Psalm 18, but we'll continue on from here. Second uh, Samuel 22 and verse 1 says, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of all the hand of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death, death come past me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. And it says in verse 6, The sorrows of hell come past me about. The snares of death prevented me. Now, I will say this uh, about this word prevent. If there are two places at all in our King James Bible where it could mean to, uh, to hinder or to hold back or to stop something from happening... These places here in Psalm 18 and in, in 2 Samuel 22, where we're at, uh, this could be that place. Uh, but let's look at it in light of this thing. Uh, to meet with hostility, per, uh, specifically looking at this. In verse 6, the sorrows of death come past me about. 
the snares of death prevented me. Could that mean that those snares of death met him? They they greeted him with hostility. I believe it could. Let's go down to verse 17, same chapter. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. And in that day of calamity, uh, those enemies, they greeted him. They greeted the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I do believe this is, as we've seen on this podcast in the past, and, and uh, as the Word of God bears witness to, uh, that this is Jesus Christ uh, and, and the calamity of his soul and uh, all of these things. And so we're going to continue on in this, and we're just going to examine these. We're going to look at them in light of, of uh, the common understanding of, of what that word would have meant uh, in the day that it was translated. Uh, Now we're over in Job chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 11 and 12. It says this, Why died I not from the womb? Now, of course, Job is lamenting right now. He's he's cursing his day. Why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? So he says, "Why, why was I even born? Why didn't I die in the womb? Why didn't I give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? But then it says this in verse 12, Why did the knees prevent me? Now, did his mother's knees prevent him from being born? No, they did not. But what they did was they appeared before him when he was born, and they welcomed him into this world. Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breasts that I should suck? Over in Job, chapter 30 now, our next passage that we're going to examine. Job 30, and we're going to start at verse 25. It says, Did I not weep for him that was in trouble? Was not my soul grieved for the poor? When I looked for good, then evil came unto me, and when I waited for light, there came darkness. My bowels boiled and rested not. Look at this. The days of affliction prevented me. And again, those days of affliction, it's a day of hostility. It's a day of pain. It's a day of trouble. And those days of affliction greeted him. They welcomed him. Uh, Truly, it was a, a, a trying day, those days of affliction. But uh, these things welcomed him. They, they came to him with welcome and, ho- and hostility. Uh, Job 41. Now, God is speaking in this. We're going to start right at verse 1 uh, to get the context. It says, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with an cord, which thou lettest down? Canst thou put an hook into his nose, or bore his jaw through like a horn? Will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? Will he make a covenant with thee? Will thou make him or take him for a servant forever? Wilt thou play with him as with a bird? Or wilt thou bind him for thy maidens? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Canst thou fill his skin with barbed irons or his head with fish spears? Lay thine hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me? Who hath prevented me, God said, that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. Now, when we examine this part here, who hath prevented me that I should repay him? Uh, there's a, a way that this word has been used in the past, which the definition lays into this thing to uh, 
to anticipate a need or a want to go ahead and and say, you know what, this person needs this and I'm going to go ahead and meet that need. God does not need you for that. God has no need of that for you. And so to say that, you know, we're certainly not hindering God in this, but he asked this question, who's prevented me? Who's gone ahead and anticipated my needs or my wants that I should be indebted to him, that I should repay him, the word of God says. He says, whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. And the next place we're going to move on to is Psalm 18. And in Psalm 18, we see the same thing uh, that we did prior in Psalm 22. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me, verse 5. They they greeted him with hostility. They, They met him there. Uh, verse 18 in Psalm 18 says, They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. The exact same wording that we see in 2 Samuel 22, uh, being messianic in, in origin. And Psalm 21 next, as we continue on in this. Psalm 21, and starting right in verse 1, it says, The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desires, and hast not withholden the request of his lips, Selah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. It says to, in this, thou preventest him with blessings and goodness. There's a way that this word is used that means to go before with guidance, with blessing, and with help. And so here we see again, going before, anticipating a need, seeing that this is coming up, and having guidance, help, and blessing to be able to meet that need. Uh, Verse 4 says, He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days, forever and ever. Psalm 59 uh, is the next place that this word is used. Psalm 59 starts out, uh, we'll start at verse 1 and says this, Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. And skipping down to verse 8, he says, But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them, meaning his enemies. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee. For my God is my defense. The God of my mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desires upon mine enemies. The God of mercy shall prevent me. He'll go before me. He'll go with guidance. He'll go with help. He'll go with blessing. He shall prevent me. Uh, As we're seeing these things played out and and seeing how it is used in the word of God, uh, we get the idea that this is somewhat of a pre-event. It's something that that is going on beforehand. Uh, again, Psalm 79, another place where it is used in this same place, in the same way, starting at verse 5. How long, Lord, wilt thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob and laid waste in his dwelling place. O remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us. For we are brought very low. Again, going ahead, going before us with blessing, going before us with help. It says, because we are brought very low. Help us, O God, our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us, and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Psalm Psalm 88 next. And in Psalm 88, we see right in verse 13. He says, but unto thee have I cried, O Lord. And in the morning, my prayer 
shall my prayer prevent thee? It's going to appear before him. It's going to go before him. His prayer isn't hindering God from doing anything, but what it is doing is it's, it's appearing before an almighty God. He's appearing before him and, and making these requests. The next place we see it is in Psalm 119, and it's two places here. Uh, Psalm 119, it's, it's verses 147 and 148, but we'll start at verse 145 again to get the context of this. I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. And verse 147, I prevented the dawning in the morn of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. These things aren't hindering them from stopping, from coming. He did not prevent the dawning of the morning. He didn't stop it from coming. But what he did was he was acting in anticipation and preparation for that thing. He got up early, uh, as we have examined before, this word betimes, getting up before the usual time, early in the morning. He got up betimes and, and he prevented the dawning of the morning and he cried. He said, I hoped in thy word. Verse 148 is an interesting one, and we'll, we'll drop into just a little doctrine here. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Those night watches come in the evening times, and we think of the evening wolves that are spoken of in the word of God. Those things, those times of, of great darkness, those times of great uh, heaviness. Uh, you'll find many times memories of the past and vexations of spirit come upon you in those evening times and in, in those night watches. And if your eyes, it says your very eyes, if your eyes prevent, if they go before in anticipation of that thing, they are preventing those night watches so that they can, you can meditate on the word of God. You can't meditate on the word of God if you have not read the word of God, if you've not seen the word of God, if the word of God is not hidden in your heart. And that is that thing which will give you that peace which passeth all understanding. It is the word of God. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you meditate on his precepts, you meditate on his word, it will give you strength and it will give you peace in those night watches. And so here in this context, we see mine eyes prevent the night watches. You are anticipating that event. You're, you're, you're acting before or more quickly than that thing that is going to come upon you. The next place is Isaiah chapter 21. In Isaiah 21 and verse uh, 13, it says this, The burden of Arabia, in the forest of Arabia, shall ye lodge, O ye traveling companions of Dedanim. The inhabitants of the land of Tema brought water to him that was thirsty. They prevented with their bread him that fled. They met him with a need. They met them. They brought them water and they brought them bread. They, they were there to go before them to help them. It says, for these ones, these inhabitants, for they fled from the swords of the drawn sword and from the bent bow and from the grievous, grievousness of war. Amos chapter 9 is the next place. We're we'll start in verse 8. Amos 9 and verse 8. Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth, saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. For lo, I will command and will sift the house of Israel among the nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say, the evil shall not overtake us, nor prevent us. 
In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen, and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. And looking here, that evil shall not overtake us. It will not prevent us. It isn't going to meet us with hostility. Why? Because God is our help. God is their help. God is the one that is going to go before them. But that evil, it's, it's, it's not going to overtake them. They, they are saying this. Uh, it, it's in vain, as we see in the context. But that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying in their minds. Okay. Uh, the next place, we're jumping into the New Testament. Only two more places we're going to see this. Matthew 17 and verse 25, starting at verse 24 to get the context. It says, When they were come to, to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him. Now, did he stop him at the door? Again, Possibly. This is one place where you could say, okay, maybe he stopped him at the door and had this discussion with him. But let's look at it in the context, the overwhelming context of where we've seen it throughout Scripture. Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast in hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. So Jesus is there. He is anticipating Peter's question because these ones are asking him, you know, does your master pay tribute? And he says, yes. But Jesus is anticipating the question in his heart. He's wondering, okay, he does, but are we supposed to? And Jesus comes to him and he says, yeah, we do. And then he explains the reasoning behind it and goes on from there. And 1 Thessalonians 4.15, uh, we're going to be at verse 13 to start. This is the very last place that the word prevent is used. And I believe that this is the clearest, uh, the clearest usage of this. Um, the Word of God even has a single word in the next verse that kind of gives us clarity. So let's look at this. We're finishing up here. 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe in, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet, them, uh, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so we see here, it's very clearly saying, we're not going to go first. We are not going to be that pre-event. We are not going uh, to, to uh, be the first ones to go. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. And so they are going first. We are going to second. We will not prevent them. And so I hope this was a blessing to you. Again, thank you, Brother McVeigh, for uh, allowing us to be here on the podcast again. Uh, God bless you, and have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy,
have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory.